Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today on Tune Out. I am very excited to be doing this podcast where I get to talk about all things music. Music has played such a huge role in my life and I know I'm not the only one. Each episode, I will be sitting down with a guest to learn about the soundtracks of their lives. All right, let's get over the first episode jitters. Today I'm chatting with my friend Chris Calandra, whose favorite artists include Eminem, Kanye West, NF, Logic, and Mumford & Sons. Welcome, dude. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So we're just going to jump right in here. Did you wake up and listen to anything new today? I, I did. There's I have like a 2021 playlist that I created that pretty much I just look at my Discover Weekly in general. Um, so the new Drake song with Lil Baby, I listened to a bunch this morning. And then Amnesia as well, featuring Gashi by Loud Luxury, I think it is. Oh, man. Yeah, I listened to that song earlier. Those are some really good vibes for this day. Yeah, today was, I think, a little different in general. I was feeling I was feeling very musical today. That's awesome, man. I love that. You um have a pretty similar genre in sound with Eminem, Kanye, NF, and Logic. And then out of nowhere, you're like all the way over at alternative rock and folk <laughs> with Mumford and Sons. And I just wanna uh-huh. like, how does Mumford and Sons end up on a top five list like that for you? I mean, it was really like which artists kind of dominated my like love of music in the age that I was in. So when I was in like middle school, it was Eminem and then high school it was more Kanye and then college it was Logic. And then, you know, recently it's been NF, like the last, let's say two years or so and fall in love with them. But Mumford and Sons just kind of like came out of nowhere for me as well. Like I don't like country music like at all. Oh, wow. No, none at all. <clears throat> truly, truly hate it. I truly, truly hate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Mumford... I don't know. The first time I heard Mumford was their Sign No More album. I was in college. I was in an acapella group. And I think for me, it was like, oh, like this would be a fun song to sing. You know, it was The Cave. And I was like, oh, this would be a really cool song to like sing with an acapella group and whatever. And and I just loved the sound. I loved the banjo. I loved their harmonies. Just the vibe that they gave. It was a whole different... I think I'd listen to music so much and it was just always kind of head bobbing and just like, what can I dance to? What can I like rap at the loudest you know volume i can or like you know get myself turned up or whatever everything was really just predominantly hip-hop and so mumford came out of nowhere for me and it really kind of introduced me to this entirely new genre uh, of music as well as like a whole new style for me to really appreciate and and really kind of get in touch with like emotionally speaking mm-hmm. which was really really great nice and i feel like at that point when you first discovered them, that Mumford and Sons was primarily just folk when you discovered, as you would say, that style for them. And now in the past few years, they've definitely shifted into an all alternative rock sound. Has that changed your fandom for them? And have you had different feelings when you listen to the new albums than you did before? Is it Has anything really been different for you in that sense? Um, I think Mumford... Sign No More and then Babel, I loved because it was obviously very similar in sound. After that, it kind of fell off a bit for me in terms of their more alternative rock kind of sound. I just wasn't where I wanted them to go, which just as a fan, I feel like we can all kind of be very selfish in in what we want in the direction of a group. And it might not be what they need to do for themselves. But I've pretty much more landed in that kind of folky kind of thing. But 
again, I think it really just depends on how the song hits me from a certain artist yeah. and when it does. And usually I'm not necessarily like openly kind of looking for the new stuff and for that new sound, but like it'll come out kind of of nowhere and I'll just really fall in love with it. Have you had any situations recently where a sound or a song has come out of nowhere for you that you've fallen in love with? I mean, for example, I, I discovered a song from the show. Have you seen the show on Apple TV, uh, Ted Lasso? Yeah, the one with Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, there's a song that he that that is kind of shown. It's like a live showing or whatever from this artist he pulls off the street. And the artist's name is Cam Cole, I found out later. And he plays this song called, this song called Mama. And it just has this like super grainy, like fantastic, like air guitar and his voice. He uses these mic aesthetics that sound super different and just, yeah. And like everyone just started dancing to it and everyone was getting really, really into it. And I just fell in love with this sound from that. And I I think it was a combination of me liking the song, but really just liking kind of how it affected people and how it, it made everyone kind of feel and obviously there's an acting element to it but at the same time it was just such a wonderfully kind of made song and kind of put in this like really fun environment in the show of like the ted lasso world which i just thought was so great and it was something i was like oh this i gotta look into this guy so i have those moments every once in a while but it's usually me kind of going over the same artist that i've always loved we always tend to stick to the things that we love the most and can't really argue with uh you know what you're into, but uh, mm-hmm. there's always something else out there for sure, I think. <laughs> In that sense, you know, when you're also thinking back into the artists that you love, do you think that it's mainly the artist that you're attracted to, or is it the song and the sound that they're producing specifically? I, I think it really just depends on how much I really appreciate the artist. I mean, I think Logic is a great example of that. I probably found Logic, I think, in 2011 when i was a oh shit sophomore in college yeah i i kind of discovered um his i think third mixtape and really really liked it and just really loved the sound and the vibe and then i would start looking on youtube and being like oh like he has two other mixtapes and i was like well i gotta listen to this welcome to forever mixtape i have to listen to this thing i have to look at these different songs so i think with that it, it really just kind of varies like logic i fell in love with very quickly and i loved his sound and I've progressed and followed throughout his whole career. Um, whereas other artists, it's kind of just like a, I'll listen to the song. I really connect to it. I'll try and check out another song that they have that's popular. And if it doesn't necessarily really connect with me, I'm just kind of like, I really like this song. This is going to go on my playlists. I'll talk about this song for sure. But the artist kind of just for me, I'm just kind of like, eh, like, all right, like I'll always listen to it, but I'm never going to actively kind of pursue that. Do you feel like your other top artists are Mm -hmm. following that same example as Logic where you've been following nonstop and just listening to all of his mixtapes and everything that he's been having now up to his unfortunate retirement that um, (laughs) you uh, feel like you are truly an avid listener of these guys or are there moments where you just kind of like, eh, like, you know, this album doesn't really fit with where I'm feeling right now, which I feel like tends to happen sometimes with people or, you know, you don't really like where their sound is progressing. Like we were saying with Mumford and Sons. Um, do you kind of feel that, you know, either Eminem, Childish Gambino, or like, you know, even Kanye, for example, recently, like, do you kind of feel that fall off for yourself for some of your other favorite artists that you've been listening to for your life? Two examples I can think of off the bat. It's Eminem and then, Childish Gambino. 
there's two different reasons why I kind of fell off with each one, but I didn't fall off with like the love for them, I guess. So like, I'll always look out for a Eminem track or an Eminem album. I'll always look out for a Childish Gambino album. I think stylistically Childish's genre went from a more campy underground hip hop album kind of style to them more of that soul R&B kind of style. And obviously a lot of it I think was integrative with black culture, which I'm a really big fan of and support obviously. But I think for me, it kind of lost me on that connection a little bit in general. Yeah. I mean, I think the best way I I totally understand what you're saying there. I mean, I think I got a better understanding about an artist's growth uh, on YouTube. I was watching Billie Eilish react to random fans, not even fans, random people listening to her music and people talking about like, oh my God, like this girl just sounds like exactly like that last person before or before that. And she would say, this is what I was trying to do to get into the game and into the business. Now I'm doing my own sound. And I feel like, you know, with Childish, especially in that sense of what you're saying and how his first mixtapes you know, he had this like hard sound. His raps are so clear and awesome the way he does that. And then, you know, now he just kind of like, other than kind of sitting out and retiring, basically, you know, just has a new message to say, which is also another aspect of that in that as time goes on, some of our favorite artists definitely have more things to say based on what's going on in the world. But, you know, I appreciate that. That's a really good explanation about, you know, kind of learning and growing with your artists. I totally relate to that. Um, and now like other than the listening aspect, talk to me about concerts, man. Like where have you seen some artists? What do you, what do you love? Like just talk to me about a concert experience. Uh, You know, I've, I, concerts are a weird thing for me. I think I've, I have not been to a lot of concerts in my life. Oh wow. Really? Yeah. I, I think I've always, because I'm such a sports guy, like going to the big game has always for me been more important to getting tickets for than like the big concert. That being said, the few concerts or the several concerts, however you want to put it, that I've been to have all been these like really influential artists for the most part, you know, in my life. I mean, I've had my like EDM concert tour scene where I just would go down to like the Palladium or whatever with some friends and just like jump around for four hours and have an absolute blast and look like I took a shower because I got so sweaty and, and everything <laughs> like that. Like so much sweat and dust. Of course, you know, and, and I, I love that music and I love those vibes and I can kind of go to an EDM concert without really knowing the artist at all. I, I think uh, I went to a Grizz artist uh, or a Grizz concert, I think a year and a half ago now the, with a couple of friends. One of my friends knew him really well and I didn't know him at all, but I was like, dude, it's a, it's a concert, it's EDM style like i'm definitely down to go check it out and it was one of the most fun concerts i love their sound i love the trumpets i love the actual instruments they put into it and that you can just kind of vibe out that kind of a concert are you usually open to going to see new artists at these concerts or artists that you don't really know i'm not as privy to go because i feel like i'm missing out in, in a sense like if i don't know like a lot of the songs or even some of the lyrics to a lot of their songs Everyone, I feel like everyone else is kind of engaged in this like spiritual activity almost that I'm kind of missing the connection on a bit. And so it's just kind of, I think, influenced my lack of going to a ton of concerts from a ton of like mainstream artists. Now, like the concerts I have gone to, like I've gone to a, a Mumford concert, which was an incredibly spiritual experience for me. I've been to uh, an Eminem concert with friends maybe five or six years ago, his monster tour with Rihanna, which was incredible. Oh, wow. That's a great album. That must have been a really, really awesome concert to see. 
yeah, it was the first time I'd ever seen him. I'd always wanted to. I never thought I was going to, and it just kind of happened. It was at the Rose Bowl. It was just like such an incredible experience. Um, and then, you know, obviously I, from when I was a kid, my first concert was an Insane concert, which was absolutely incredible. You just got to you got to love the boy bands, you know, the scene. And I can talk about that weird progression of, but it, I think it kind of it fluctuates with how I was kind of raised in what I was allowed to listen to. And then my rebellion years of going from NSYNC to Eminem pretty strictly. Uh, I think it, it talks a lot about my, my mentality of music and, and everything. I definitely had NSYNC on CD way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I never saw them live though, but I'm sure a lot of people who are listening probably have seen them or hopefully have heard them. If not, we sound really ancient. <laughs> now putting concerts aside, where did you find yourself connecting with your music the most for me it was definitely the car um for sure and it didn't really happen until i obviously had my license and i was kind of able to drive around and whatnot um and i think my my relationship with music was always really weird because i grew up from when i was like i don't know eight or nine in like the third grade whenever that is um and i started performing in like musical theater and and kind of started my whole kind of understanding or relationship with music based on musical theater and i love to perform and being on stage and different things like that. And so that was kind of the music that was kind of introduced to me um, really heavily, but I didn't necessarily connect to it super like a ton. And then obviously when I started listening to more Eminem, I was connecting more to it. And then with Kanye, I was really connecting to it and being in the car. I just remember having, I think like a just like a really shitty day, probably in high school, I was probably crying about my ex-girlfriend or, you know, whatever it was or some, you know, person saying something mean to me about my golf game or whatever it was. And, and I remember driving around the car and just kind of putting on the graduation album and, you know, or I would make all these different, like, you know, mix CDs. Cause I'm that old where mix CDs were a thing where I'd go to Staples and where, you know, I'd make these like 17, 18 track mix CDs of all these different songs. I would um, sometimes two, three hours around my town. I just take various different routes, my like small, small neighborhood in, in Connecticut. And just really, it, it was just a way for me to just talk and think to myself and reflect on things based on the music that I was listening to. And, you know, there's a really cool technique that I use now where I have different playlists based on my mood. If I'm really trying to go out, like if you're really, and this is all evidence-based, if you're really sad in general, and you want to help yourself get out of it, you make a playlist that starts from really sad songs and it slowly integrates into a more happy vibe. So if you want to start out with, and I'm going to try and be topical here. If you want to start out with like driver's license, right? Oh, Bob. Great song. Phenomenal song. It was yeah. very sad. It's like super duper sad. Sure. So like you start with a song like that, you play some songs that are like really sad and like low and whatever. And you know, you kind of work your way up towards up, up and away by Cuddy. You know, mm. where you're just kind of bopping along. And as you kind of go through that, it allows you to get that sadness out oh, and then wow. kind of work through it and get to this kind of more neutral, content place. And then you get to a happier place. Same thing with anger. Like if I'm angry or pissed off, I'm putting on Won't Back Down by, by M. I'm going to scream the lyrics like in my car, cussing out whoever was on my mind and, and made me upset whatever and before i know it i'm kind of just chilling on like a mellow chill like sino more mumford vibe by the end of it where i'm just like okay i've let it out we're good like it is what it is like okay like i'm okay now like i can you know because feelings are just you know emotions feelings everything like that you're, it's it's like riding a wave like 
they're really overwhelming at times, but if you just ride it out, you're going to be okay. Right. God forbid you cuss. <laughs> no cussing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy, but it makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about making playlists like that before in a sense of making it a wave with your emotions. Mine are usually kind of all over the place, but they have like a similar vibe to it for sure. But when you're in a you know, situation like in your car with a friend, for example, or, or a relative, any kind of person, and you're playing a playlist or an album that is really connecting to you or that is in an emotion or vibe that you are going with at that time, but the person next to you isn't really feeling that. Does that kind of like hit you or does that like ruin it for you? Or are you trying to like convince them? Like how, how in, in that moment, like how do you feel in that moment? I feel dead inside. Oh, oh um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's not, it's not that actually it pretty much is that extreme. And I think I've realized this more and more as time has gone on. Cause I'd always feel really uncomfortable whenever playing songs and, and by artists that I really like. And I have like the, I have like ADHD syndrome. Well, I just have ADHD in general, but specifically with like music, like if I'm not, if I don't think the whole crew or whoever I'm with in the car is vibing a song, I'm going to change it as quickly as I possibly can to get to a place to maybe a song that they will like more. Um, and I think a lot of that is because it's, it's almost like I'm opening up a, a side of myself that's very vulnerable, I think. I think music does that with me specifically, at least. Um, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for me, it's like this experience of, I mean, NF's The Search, for example. It's like, that is so lyrically vulnerable. And he's talking about such a, a difficult moment in his life and kind of coming back from that and then having this really dark part of yourself that, you know, you kind of want to get rid of and, and kill off. Um, and it just kind of always kind of lingers around. It's just a kind of darkness around you. And I relate to that on such like a, a profound level and that, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody on a first listen has to like understand that obviously, but like between like the lyrics and then the intensity of the beat when it finally drops, it's like where the beat go, boom. And it just hits. If I'm not really feeling it, I'm just really polite about it. Like, I'm kind of like, oh, like, no, no, you know, I liked it. Like, I'm, I'm like looking for things to like compliment because I know it's like, for me at least, it's like you're really, it's like a moment for you to kind of express something that you like. And so it's something about yourself and it's, it's more than just surfacey. Like, I think some people are just like, oh, like, listen to this cool song and they don't really give a shit about it. They're just like, oh, I like this. And then they're just kind of, maybe they have the confidence in themselves that I don't necessarily have where they're like, oh, you don't like it? Well, I don't care because I love this. But I'm just kind of like, oh, like, you don't like this? And then I just go into like overthink mode where I'm like, why don't they like this? And I don't understand why wouldn't they like, this is such a great song and, you know, all this and that and whatever. Um, and I think that's the kind of difference for me, at least with uh, music versus like sports. Like if you don't like my team, I don't care. <laughs> Whew. Thank God we do not have time today to go into a conversation about sports teams, my man. That is, a, <laughs> <laughs> that is not the purpose of this one. But I really liked what you said about NF right there and you know, you recognizing his vulnerability and that connection that you feel with him in that sense. Did you have another experience in your life where you were introduced to an artist or a song by just a specific artist and that kind of affected you and changed your entire perspective on certain aspects of life or for yourself in that way. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, um, listening to Macklemore Ryan Lewis's the heist. 
Um, it was the first time I'd ever heard of them. Can't Hold Us, I think, was the first time, like, was the first song of theirs that I heard. And I just remember being like, so this many is horns. amazing. So many horns. And I love the <laughs> horns. Like, I love the horns. I love the piano. Like, you know, but I, I remember then when the heist album itself actually came out and listening to it from 10,000 hours to the, like, the final song and the final track and just, I related a lot to Macklemore as an artist because of the fact that he was this underground guy from Seattle who didn't have any kind of following, was independent, like just kind of went after what he wanted to. Him and him and Ryan Lewis met on freaking you know MySpace, you know, back in like oh seven or oh eight or whatever it was, and started making music together. So like, you know, it's just such a cool like weird kind of formation of things and getting this like really cult following. And, and then him being a recovering alcoholic himself and addict himself. And like, you know, he and his music really helped me kind of recognize like, maybe there's something more than me just kind of liking a, to drink a little bit too much or to do a little bit of, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, a little bit too much. That album specifically, I would listen to, I remember I listened to it like five, six in the morning as I would stay up, you know, days at a time sometimes. And the song would be coming up just as like the horns are really hitting and me being like, Oh, like this is such a great day. Like, yes, like let's kill this day. And and then times at 3 AM when I'm really down and depressed and, you know, listening to other side or other songs where he's talking about kind of coming out of his, you know, his haze and his cloud and, and everything like that. And so for me, it was, that was a very influential moment musically. And then I actually got to meet him. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to meet him. It was a, that's a wild story too. This was, I moved out May of 2013 um, to get sober. And nine months after coming out, there was a either a Twitter or Facebook post. I think it was Facebook where it was like, it was from Macklemore Ryan Lewis's account. And they were like, hey, first person to get to the Venice lights and take a picture with the the sign that says Shark Face Gang. Um, You know, we'll get two tickets and a meet and greet at our Staples Center's show. And I saw that it was posted like six minutes before. Now the place that I was living at was maybe eight minutes away from the Venice lights. And so I was like, yo, and I grabbed a friend who I was living with and was like, yo, I, we like got a Sharpie on a paper, like just wrote down shark face gang. We fucking, excuse my language. We zoomed down to the Venice lights, like parked, ran over. I took the picture. It's on my Facebook page still. And I posted it. It was like, yo, I did it. I did it. And then, you know, he was like Chris Colangelo one and then their manager hit me up and I got to go to their concert on the floor and, and then I got to meet them afterwards, which I was the shyest, most sheepish person, per, sheepish person that I'd ever been in my life, um, which is hilarious. But I got to tell him, you know, that he he helped me get sober and I really appreciate it. And for me, that was kind of, you know, I have a lot of regrets, I think, around me not saying more like me being like, hey, Ryan, like I sent you my music year ago and you listen to it said i have potential like do you know so and so like this is pretty cool right wild like hey you know but again i that's all stuff that it's like dude did you get to say what you wanted to say that's like i did and and so that for me that moment i have a picture with them that's also on my facebook page like you know it's it's it was just such a surreal experience to be able to kind of just get to meet them and experience that that show and that concert yeah man that is that's incredible i mean to be able to listen to their music and listen to the heist and connect with what Macklemore is rapping and singing on such a spiritual level at that time when you were going through that change and having that affect you and then getting the opportunity to meet him and to say that is just like 
full circle. And I, I appreciate you sharing that story. That is an unbelievably great example of how music and how an artist can affect our lives and how they can change emotions. And I can tell by the way that you're sharing the story that it's still something that you carry with you every day. And I'm sure when you're listening to their music and when it's still, you know, coming up on your playlist that you're going back to those moments when you were going through that change and going back to that moment where you got to meet him and say that, even if you didn't get to say everything you wanted to say, you still got to do that. And that is just unreal, man. Incredible. I appreciate you sharing that. So I have a little surprise for you here, somewhat like a contest, like you just said, but I am going to ask you a couple questions about some of your favorite artists and see how much you know them and if you are as big of a fan as you say you are so oh, god are you uh are you ready for this i, I don't I, yeah as ready as i'm gonna be i think yeah all right man let's see how you do question one where does the name childish gambino come from uh it's a wu-tang clan rap generator that he input himself that is correct Woo-woo. yeah yeah. that's crazy it's nuts <laughs> you got one that's such an interesting like i kind of love that fact and that's how he got his name i think i i don't know the full story of it in general but i do know that he himself um when he talked about just how he got his name he was like there was a rap generator for the wu-tang clan and and he put it in his he put donald glover in and it came out of childish camp you know he's like yep that works okay Cool. And he just kind of rolled with it, which I really just, I appreciate. Cause I, I definitely put my name in there after hearing that story and I don't even remember what it was, but I remember I didn't like it. So I kind of want to do an episode two now with you using your <laughs> Wu-Tang clan rap generated name. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, all right. You got one question two, aside from lead vocals and guitar, what other instrument does Marcus Mumford play for Mumford and Sons? Uh, Lee Vocus guitar, and he also plays drums. Woohoo! You got it. Did you see him play drums when you saw him live? I don't remember seeing him on the kit live, but I remember in the There Will Be Time um, live video that they recorded when they were in Africa, which is, it's a beautiful video, and it's my favorite Mumford song by, by a landslide. Um, he's he's rocking out on the drums during the during like the bridge and the build up to the the final uh piece of the the chorus it's it's amazing though but i remember because i remember he makes like this like really hilariously ugly face as he's just like rocking out i I was half expecting you to start singing it right there (laughs) not today (laughs) maybe another time i love that song though and that video that that's a beautiful video for sure um all right question three you're two for two feels good feel terrified what song earned eminem a spot in the guinness book of world records mm. is it lose yourself no rap god oh is it for fastest of the fastest lyrics he just broke that too with godzilla oh really it was like 237 words. Wow. I'm, oh, I'm just, I'm updating you that you're wrong. Oh. So, it's, you know, <laughs> no problem. I'll give you half. Just, no, 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 it's, listen, I got it wrong. Fine, two for three. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself and I brought shame. No, it's fine. It's just average. <laughs> <laughs> it's average right now. You still got time to redeem yourself. Next question. 
What does NF stand for? Nate Ferguson. No. I'm gonna butcher this name, name, but it's Nathan. Oh, really? Feuerstein. F U E U E R S T E I N. I am not sure if that's how you pronounce it correctly, but uh, no, no, I don't, Ferguson. I don't. No, no, I don't doubt that that's his full name. I always thought it was Ferguson, so um, I'm a poser. I would say you're less of a poser than me. I had to find this out on Google okay. in order to ask you, so you're still in good shape, even though you're. Okay, right, I really started off strong with this. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> all right, one more question. This is for. Okay. All the prizes. In Logic's album, Under Pressure, what does Talia say making a single oh, before shit. your album is like? Yeah, no, I knew that, you know, in his last album, they played a lot of chess and that inspired the uh, the whole album as they were. Right, but it. this is for the first one. Um, I, no, no, I, I, yeah, no I, I'm aware. I'm okay, aware. okay. Um, can you repeat the what Talia said? <clears throat> In Logic's album, Under Pressure, what does Talia say making a single before your album is like? You, you, my friend, you have stumped me. <gasps> I, have, I have legitimately not even a guess, uh, not even an educated one. All right. Talia says, it is like putting together a trailer for a movie you have Robot. yet to shoot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm back in my Providence days getting 40% on my tests and quizzes. <laughs> uh, you got like know, you got like 65 that yes yeah, 65 passes we're good crushed it <laughs> i'm not giving out degrees here man but i appreciate you doing that you're a real trooper of course before we close out for the day chris i gotta ask you can you just share what the definition of music is to you or how do you find your music experience unique yeah um you know, I don't know how unique my relationship with music necessarily is. Um, but I know for me in terms of music, like one of the hardest questions for me to answer is like, who's your favorite artist or what's your favorite song? And I think the reasons because the memories and the mood that you have for music are so influential, um, at least for me on my favorite like artists and just music in general. Um, you know, I think I can give you like a different artist or, you know, song every year of college, for example, you know, just based on kind of where I was in my life that really touched me, you know, for freshman year, it was like Kid Cudi's soundtrack to my life, Childish Gambino, uh, his Freaks and Geeks was sophomore year, junior year was Logic's Fade Away from Tits, and, you know, then Can't Hold Us, Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, and these are all just kind of specifically based on, you know, where I was and how I connected to the things, um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, in general, you know, it's cathartic. It's wonderful. It's a, it's, its own form of therapy. It's its own form of connecting to other people. And it is something that has touched me and been able to hit me in ways that not many other people or things have been able to. And it just kind of allows me to share myself and express myself either creatively with personal kind of stuff or, you know, hey check out this artist because they're amazing and i would love for you to you know kind of listen to this and and to check this out etc um but yeah man i i just think music is so powerful it's truly a universal language that 
anyone can understand and you don't even have to understand the words to it to really appreciate. If you want to tune out like Chris, check out the curated playlist for this episode. You can find a link either here on the show page or in our Instagram bio at tuneout underscore podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.